Hello there. Welcome once again to uh, another episode of Thought Architecture, the show where we take you through all these concepts and ideas that are related to how you frame your world and the mental frameworks that you're using currently, how to upgrade them. Okay. So today's today's episode, today's topic is going into minimalism. So um, let's let's spell this out. So let's let's talk about this for a second. Minimalism has been making this huge comeback. There's been a Netflix series, old Matt Diavella on YouTube. You know Marie Kondo, things like that. There's there's a lot. There's a lot of hype uh, currently about minimalism. And so, you know, what is minimalism exactly? Well, the the you know the the definition that we get from like a lot of these people is the idea of minimalism is all about owning only what adds value and meaning to your life you know, and removing the rest. So there's something to be said about like why minimalism is making a comeback now. You know, minimalism is pretty much like the opposite of what, what we've experienced in the uh, the consumer-based culture. You know, this drive that the, the West has had on consumerism and how it's influenced other countries. Um, you know, how basically any business is orientated around can you create more consumers for your business? Um, you know, at what expense as well. And so that's why I think We've also seen um, a resurgence, at least recently, in the the in what we've seen of people who are orientated more to around uh, around uh, purpose and meaning in their lives versus consumerism. And minimalism is one way to do that. Like, let's cut out what is taking away meaning and purpose from our life. Okay, so it's not necessarily just saying like, what do I need and what don't I need. Um, so there is this the this concept within minimalism. There's also a pressure. You know, who are the gatekeepers of minimalism? Can can I be described as a minimalist? I don't know. I've got, you know, I've got a mug, you know, that says awakeish on it. It's not the minimal, you know, so why do I have it? Um, it's been quite interesting. And so I do want to share some ideas about minimalism with you, as well as um, some of the critiques of minimalism, let's say, as well as like my own personal journey with minimalism, finishing up with some ideas for you to contemplate around minimalism as well. All right. So without further ado, let's begin. So one of the, one of the things that I find right now is um, there's a large pull for people, you know, in terms of fashion, in terms of the zeitgeist of the times, in terms of the buzz that we hear nowadays, a lot of people want to identify with group culture. So what we need to understand is there is, of course, a ton of cognitive biases in our minds that means that whenever there's a large group of people who do something, we are naturally going to be drawn to it. We have all these biases to diffuse our responsibility, our identity amongst uh, things in the group for a sense of belonging, for a sense of identity, for a sense of tribal kind of nature and community. We tend to do this. So as soon as there is something that's gaining popularity, we'll want to board that train as well. It's natural. It's what we do. And so understanding that that's part of you and that's who you are, that's fine. There's no problem with that. So what you can do is rather take a look at that and say, well, how much of this do I identify with? Let me experiment with this for a while rather than say, like, absolutely, this is who I am. You know, allow yourself to change. So be kind with yourself with regard to these types of things. Okay, so that's that's a big deal. And so noticing that, we notice the popularity of someone like Matt Diavella. I remember watching him before he got really, really popular. And he was just an awkward guy in his, you know, room with coffee, coffee table talking about the rock. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? He he just seemed like another YouTuber to me. He didn't even seem like someone who had anything meaningful to say. Nowadays, of course, uh, you know, you can't go anywhere 
uh, at least in my circles, without encountering someone who idolizes Matt Diavello, what he's done on YouTube, all the kind of differences he's made, and all of his thoughts and ideas. And, you know, great. It's another person to influence, you know, people in a direction um, of meaning. I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. Of course, he produced the two documentaries on the minimalists. Uh, and again, you know, great. It's moving people in the right direction. And I found there were some interesting ideas. But what seems to have been taken from this is, remember that Matt Diavella is a, uh, a videographer. You know, he's someone in love with film. He's a filmmaker. So every shot is thought about. And so when people go right now for minimalism, they see the aesthetic this kind of this visual representation of what minimalism looks like in their mind as Matt Diavella. You know, what does he look like? You know, Zuckerberg, his wardrobe is minimalist. Steve Jobs, same thing. So like, well, that's what minimalism is. It's about having one, one size fits all clothing that kind of, I, I can wear it every occasion and I, there's no deviation from it. Like, is that really min minimalism? Well, no, that's an aesthetic of minimalism. That's a type of minimalism that works for them, or it's, it's it's a surface. It's the same as like saying, well, like who is the Joker in you know DC in the DC universe? Is is the Joker like just someone who wears face paint and acts all kooky and crazy and laughs every now and again, or is the do Joker something that's deeper than that? That there's a psychological foil to you know Batman, our hero archetype, who believes that deep down people are good. Well, no, deep down people only care about themselves and they're selfish. And the Joker always kinds, uh, kind of has a look, but there's a psychology as well. There's a deeper meaning. And so the aesthetics of minimalism, when I say this, I don't just mean like, oh, what's the look in the room? You know, what's, what's a marketing, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, what's the decor look like in a room? But it's rather more, what do people see about minimalism versus what do they understand about minimalism? And those are two separate concepts. Okay, so consider that a little bit of my history and my friends' histories with minimalism is that we, um, with me, when I was 20 years old, I left South Africa, I moved to England with everything that I owned was pretty much on my back, in my backpack. And my backpack at that time weighed 20 kilograms. It's about like, you know, 23 pounds. It wasn't a lot at all. I had some clothes in there. And even then, like, I didn't even know what clothes I needed. So like, I had a hodgepodge of clothes that I didn't even know why the hell I packed those things anyway or why did I feel the need to buy these particular things I didn't have a particular style that I enjoyed anyway so really it was just clothes that I just threw together based on what I had seen and I mean you know who doesn't do that when we're young so the the point was that I had like a hundred dollars in my pocket as well I had no idea what to do or anything and I traveled like that for years for years every time that I left a country or I left a situation, I, I did a spring cleaning of all the stuff that I'd collected. And looking back on it now, what I'd say, and this is definitely something I'm going to bring up later, is one of the most important things within minimalism is making sure that there is less intake of stuff. I'll say that again, less intake of new stuff. Okay. And I think that that's a big part of minimalism is this attitude of I, I need less stuff, therefore I'm buying, I'm consuming less stuff. We can make an argument about the economic model of, of minimalism actually is, is going to be killing a lot of businesses. But the idea is that, you know, we can all do with consuming less, you know, and still the economy is going to be fine. And we can find a way to actually like maximize, you know, the economic model uh, away from consumerism anyway. So, you know, there are, there are arguments to discuss there, but let's leave that for, 
for now. So going back to it, the idea is that eventually I got obsessed with this idea of how can I travel with less and less stuff? What is the least amount of stuff possible? And it, it came into some very interesting um, growth spurts for me, you know, some very interesting ideas for me. Um, so for example, for about two years, I was obsessed with being able to exercise and grow my body in a two meter square um, room, you know, just in case I was thrown in jail somewhere, you know, in this incredibly likely scenario of being thrown in jail, what would it look like to exercise in a two by two room? And so, of course, it was all body weight stuff and learning all the body weight stuff that I could, mastering things like handstand push-ups. And of course, it comes up with like, well, how do you exercise the back? And then, of course, I got into the old strongman isometrics, you know, pushing against the wall for a minute and things like that. It got really interesting. And um, my exercise routine was very minimalist. And I got to a point where I, I could, I did a freestanding handstand push-up. Yes, amazing. I got so excited, of course, that I tried to do another one and I blew out my wrist because I'd rushed the process. But that story is for another day. I'm still pretty much obsessed with a form of minimalism in this way as well, but I allow things to flow into my life. You know, if I've got equipment around me or something like that, I don't discriminate anymore. And I think that that's a great example showing the difference with people with minimalism nowadays, where it has to be a certain way versus let me flow with things that's around me. And of course, that really shows you a little bit of my attitude of flow, you know, like at heart, I really enjoy this Taoist philosophy of flow. And at heart, the the yin yang school of philosophy, which gave us the eight trigrams, feng shui, all of this kind of stuff, um, the five harmonies, it's all about harmonizing, how can I harmonize with what's around me. And what this means is this brings up this this idea of the skill of minimalism. And this is the point of this entire um, episode. The skill of minimalism is literally the balance between being resourceful versus having resources. Being resourceful versus having resources. Okay, so if you've got a ton of stuff, you have all these resources, that's great. But what if you don't have that? Oops. What if you don't have that? What if you don't have all the stuff? What can, are you limited? Can you not do it? Oh, I can't, I can't start a podcast because I don't have a microphone or something like that. Well, actually, that's not true. And nowadays, the phone that's in your pocket gives you more access and good enough audio quality to start a podcast. You know, I know a lot of people who are successful with that kind of uh, platform. It's the same with, uh, you know, starting a YouTube channel. The amount of people who say, well, you know, the phone that's in your pocket is good enough right now to start a YouTube channel. If your passion's there, if your content is there, absolutely. So being resourceful is about developing your skills to take a look at the situation around you and identify what can be used to achieve your goals right now. And that's what I love. That's what I love. There are levels that we can go to within this as well. So for example... There's a certain uh, amount of professionalism that you need. And this is, let's go back to Matt Diavella for a second. Yes, he is a professional videographer, filmmaker. And so he needs some specialist equipment to get the best quality, the best bang for his buck out there. And so he's not recording his YouTube channel on his phone. You know, he's rec recording his YouTube channel on a, probably it's probably about a $5,000 camera. Um, but the idea is that that piece of equipment, he really uses it. And he doesn't have like multiple cameras lying around him like other YouTubers or videographers might, you know. 
Um, we take a look at someone like Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat has a rack of cameras and a rack of things to use. That doesn't mean that he has to use them all the time. They, sometimes they sit on his shelf and do nothing, you know, versus forcing himself to use one camera all the time. And of course, people find over time of having all these resources that they actually don't use certain resources. And they might just be used for a rainy day. And this is where like people like Marie Kondo come in with their cleaning and their spring cleaning and get rid of this and get rid of that. You know, that's all to say that there are parts of what we do that can be minimized without a doubt. So my version of minimalism is about looking at these things and looking at the skill of minimalism. So let's just take a couple of areas. Let's take a look at wardrobe. Let's take a look at your kitchen. And let's take a look at, let's say, um, exercise. These three ones are the easiest places to go from minimalism. Okay. So if we look at your kitchen, the amount of people whose skill with, let's say, cooking is disproportionate. Like they're, they need a ton of stuff. Like uh, I have friends who need blenders, they need rice cookers, they need blah, 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 blah. Whereas what I did was I said, okay, if I have one pot and one pan, how can I cook almost everything I want? If I have one casserole dish, you know, one dish for the oven, how can I cook everything that I want? Um, looking at it from this perspective, rather of what are my resources? Well, I've got 20 minutes to cook, 30 minutes to cook. What can I cook in 30 minutes? Can I cook a full meal in 30 minutes? Hell, can I cook for an entire day in 30 minutes? And as a result, I created what I call Justin's One Pan Wonder. But if you want to take a look, there's tons of other recipes that are online about like, what can you cook with one pan, one pot, with one casserole dish, one oven dish? Um, you know, these are called like one pot recipes or one pan recipes. And there are plenty of them online. But the idea is that, well, if I go to an Airbnb, I'm almost guaranteed that there's going to be a pan and there's going to be a pot. So I'm pretty good, you know. Um, but for people who do those like, um, you know, the Instapots and they go for the one pot, uh, one, one pot recipes on, for an Instapot. Well, you're not guaranteed to have an Instapot everywhere. And you, you start to create a little bit of fragility around this resource. I need this particular item in order to be successful. And that becomes a bit of an issue. So reducing it down, like what is an item that is multi-purpose, it's multifunctional, and I can use this. It's something that's also common. So one pan, one pot. That's what I need in my kitchen in order to, to cook my daily meals, okay? But that doesn't mean that my kitchen only has that. You know, it's the same as saying like, oh, well, you've only, you're only two people, so you should only have two mugs. Well, we've got like five, I think. But uh, it's taken multiple iterations to, just to get to five mugs. You know, the first time my wife moved out of her old place into our first shared place, uh, man, she must have had 30 mugs that we had to move. And then I asked her to trim that down and trim that down and trim that down and trim that down. And we're eventually now sitting at five mugs because we never use the other mugs. We never did. You know, they were a waste of space. And every time that we moved tell you what moving is a great way to get into minimalism as well because it calls you to examine everything that you've actually accumulated so you know did i choose this route well no i was moving country almost every every two years you know i was moving location almost every year so it became almost necessary for me to move so that's the kitchen side of things and then even then i look at the food and i'm like well am i getting a carbohydrate and the two carbohydrates that i really enjoy are potatoes and rice so that's what the pot takes care of and for the pan it's more like the idea of okay cool well let's take a look at i need a protein i need some vegetables great 
And that's what it's all about. And if I want any kind of like special flavors or special this or special that, you know, that's when sauces come in. That's when the herbs come in. And really your skill with basic things like herbs, it'll change the game. Will change the game. Like you don't need a sauce that's got a ton of sugar for that. So minimalism in terms of this as well. So if we go to your wardrobe, um, you know, I've got, I think, three pairs of shorts. I've got two pairs of jeans, two pairs of two pairs of tracksuit pants, you know. So literally looking at how many items of clothing do you have? And I'm sure you're familiar with this, the idea of, um, you know, turning your hangers one way. So you notice when you actually use something. And after a year, if you haven't used it, asking yourself questions of this, you know. And of course, there are things like specialist equipment that you can have like ski jackets that were super expensive and there's there's no reason why you can't keep them but just understand that you you know this is a piece of specialist equipment this is not an ordinary piece of your wardrobe and so looking at that as two separate components this is a specialist piece of equipment versus this is part of my uh, normal wardrobe so part of my normal cooking minimalism is a pot and a pan but a specialist piece of equipment is uh, the blender that we've got because we make smoothies Every now and again, maybe once a week. But that doesn't mean that we're dependent on smoothies either. So my form of minimalism is like, what will, what do I need in order to function and be happy, happily functional in this realm? And we can still have specialist pieces of equipment, but that's an option to then clutter as well. You know, that's fine. And it's a payoff. And we're happy to make that exchange. And so that's what minimalism is as well. It doesn't mean that these gatekeepers of minimalism come in and say, but you've got this, which means you're not a minimalist. Minimalist, minimalist. So it's just being a little bit more um, intentional about categorizing your stuff. Okay. And so exercise is the same thing. You know, people think that they need all the stuff that's at the gym. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about if you traveled, what stuff would you need in your kitchen in order to function? Right. If you, um, if you stayed at home, what do you need in your home? Uh, and if you went into a professional place, what would be all the extras that you would have no idea how to use? And being able to categorize and classify these things really comes into place when we're talking about the gym, okay? Do you understand your body well enough to be able to exercise your body without any assisting uh, equipment, okay? So, sure, push-ups, uh, pull-ups. Well, a pull-up requires a pull-up bar. How can you exercise your back adequately, comfortably, successfully, happily, without a pull-up bar. What could you do? Okay. Um, what kind of body weight exercises could you do? Do you know how to isolate as well? So for example, a bicep curl with no equipment, how could you do something similar to that? How could you isolate a bicep muscle instead of doing like a pulling motion, like a row? Um, there's all kinds of things that you could do where we can ask you, what is your level of skill? And that usually is... Um, you know, what comes before level of skill is what is your level of, level of knowledge? Do you understand the mechanics? Do you understand um, how much knowledge do you need in order to exercise your muscles, in order to cook? What's your level of uh, knowledge around nutrition, around the requirements for your body, around your satisfaction and what are your flavor preferences as well? And so it's the same thing with exercise, you know, do what makes you happy. But do you know how to do this with no equipment? So these are the four, four protocols I've talked about previously. But I like to think about these ones. What could you do with no equipment? Absolute minimalist, okay? So the minimum equipment that I need to cook with is a pot and a pan. That's it, okay? After that, exercise, what do I need? And then going from there, taking a look at 
minimalist equipment, and then after that, travel. What's, what do you have access to when you travel? And can you make use of those situations and those circumstances when you travel, all right? Or is there a minimal piece of equipment that you can take with you so that you are comfortable when you travel as well? So a quick example for you is my wife and I travel with our pan. And the reason for that is because the pan is a very special pan. There's no like, you know, um, there's no coating on it or anything like that. It's a very high quality pan. And it just means that, um, you know, we don't have any minerals leaking into it or chemicals, you know, by the heating process that go into our food or something like that. It's a, it's a little bit of a specialist piece of equipment for sure, but it makes us much more comfortable. It makes my wife much more comfortable as well. Um, so minimalist travel and then just home, comfortable home, just a little piece of equipment here and there for exercise. So do you need a pull-up bar at home? Yeah, maybe a pair of rings or something like that to exercise comfortably at home, a pair of dumbbells, adjustable dumbbells are good. And then, of course, you've got the, the gym as well. If you're at home, you might just have a, a gym subscription. Um, but, of course, this fails when we talk about, like, your uh, your home wardrobe, your home kitchen. So think about a minimalist wardrobe, a minimalist kitchen, minimalist um, gym, uh, travel kitchen, travel gym, travel wardrobe as well. And then, of course, going into... Um, you know, then what we could talk about with the gym being the actual subscription gym. And then the final layer to that is going to be the professional. What does a professional kitchen look like? What would it look like for you to rent a kitchen with all the bells and whistles for a day? Um, the most professionally set up kitchen that you can imagine, an industrial kitchen, let's say, with everything. Um, what about you know, um, a specialist gym. What about a specialist uh, wardrobe? And so that's when, you know, okay, cool, we're going to a black tie event. Now we need a specialist wardrobe. Well, do you have specialist stuff like this or do you need to go and rent it? Do you know where to go? Do you have a specialist kitchen like we're talking about at home or do you know where to go to rent one so you can prepare the meals that you want to prepare for the day, etc. So, classifying it according to that and remembering that it's the more the more resources you have around you the less challenged you are to be creative the less challenged you are to be skillful so think about it like that think about how limitation creates more creativity how when you are limited you actually develop yourself a lot more you challenge yourself a lot more so my challenge for you is to enjoy limitations. Don't try to put up a barrier between you and feeling limited. Try to see being limited as an opportunity to develop skill work. And that is the final thought of the day. All right. My name is Justin. This has been Thought Architecture. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. And uh, as always, stay awesome. I'll see you in the next one.